Maybe it wasn't paranormal activity theory. This one didn't have a baby in it. Maybe it was paranormal activity three. This one, it didn't record. It was two little girls. Para normal activity. Maybe it was paranormal activity one. I don't know how it didn't record. Paranormal Activity 1. This one had two little girls in it. And it started out talking about a hermetically sealed crib. almost everything I watched yesterday. Now I don't see it. Well, if there's only one and two of them, why didn't they look like that? Activities. Movies. Hmm. There has to be a solution to this. They didn't have a dog. Well, the Paranormal Activity 3. Oh, yeah, because it was two sisters. Yeah, this is it with this little girl named Christy. And Katie. 
Here, you want to listen to the trailer? My store, my design oh, I guess that made my oracling wrong. Whoops. Oh, wow. If I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. That's what baby's dad would say in um, Dirty Dancing. pretty good. In 1988, sisters Katie and Christy, Chloe Senjury, and Jessica Tyler Brown seemed to be enjoying a normal, happy childhood at home. But when strange things start going bump in the night, their father, a wedding photographer, decides to use his camera to discover the source. And especially since Christy appears to have having conversations with an imaginary friend. While the cameras do indeed reveal a flurry of supernatural occurrences, the family is unprepared for the terror that waits. This is a note on a red dot. It's 5.30 in the morning. I got up before 5 o'clock happened. It's 5.33. It's um, September 10th, Sunday. And this is a note on a red dot. <clears throat> so, despite what people's judgments are, it, are on it, <laughs> the way that I find the oraclings is by pulling on like it's like an invisible thread and I have to like find a path through the messages through the signs and so yesterday I'm going to tell you about the path 
So, um, I can't remember. Oh, right. I was watching the client. I can't remember what I watched before. This all has to do with these, these movies that I watched yesterday. The first one was, what was it? What did I watch before the client? Now I can't remember. <laughs> Anyways, the client came up on like an, the auto recommends. <clears throat> and I picked it. Um, because I need to find a lawyer. <laughs> so I picked the client. I think they said it was from 1994 or 1993. I can't remember where I was in time then. I was in eighth grade or probably somewhere around there. And uh, anyway, so that was on. And one of the details in it was that when the little boy, I mean the young fella, went to see Reggie Love, who becomes his attorney. Um, He was wearing a Led Zeppelin shirt. And so they had a conversation about Led Zeppelin. And, and, um, And it turned out that Reggie Love was a huge fan. And so, anyways, I finally left my house. In the, after, in the afternoon, after the client was over, and the Pelican Brief started playing after that. Which, I wanted to play the Pelican Brief, although I didn't search it, it came up next on the auto-feed, all by itself. And the reason why I wanted to do the Pelican Brief was because I have a podcast episode, something having to do with Pelicans, I can't remember what? I think it was from PBS or something. I must have seen a pelican in the sky one day. And so I did a reading and then did that for a companion. So then the pelican brief came on and I left and I went into town and then I came back and the pelican brief was still on. And oh, right. Oh, okay. Now I remember. Sometimes I have to collect my thoughts. So, now we're back to, see this is why I have to do these little drips so I can remember how things happen. So I watched the client at home, then it ended, and the Pelican Brief started coming on. I When I went into my car, I went into town, and a couple of songs played, I can't remember what. But when I got back in my car from being at the gas station, what was playing was Led Zeppelin. And it was, a re- it, which reminded me back to the movie that I was watching, The Client. And then the song that was playing was Cashmere. And then it was funny, I had a connection inside of Cashmere because, um, you know that episode of Seinfeld with the cashmere sweater with the red dot on it? Then I associate that with cashmere because of the show. And so it was funny because a um, document that I sent as a part of all my legal problems that aren't really my fault. Um, 
that I've been trying to fix by getting an attorney, etc., etc. My documents had a red dot on it. I don't know if that translates to other people being able to see the red dot. I think it has something to do with, like, honestly, I don't really even know how to use the dots. But it's some way in trying to track your files on your computer, you know? Like a file code of some sort. I'm not very good at that kind of stuff. But it made me think of red dot because cashmere. Cashmere sweater, red dot. Oh, right. So then I came home and we, I finished the Pelican Brief. And then I decided to try to find that Seinfeld episode. And so I did, but I didn't watch it all the way through because I didn't think it was the same episode as the Red Dot. It came on the one where the woman um, handcuffs George to the bed and she's like a a scandalous stealer. And so I got scared and so I turned it off. And then I just went onto the live TV, like from the antenna, you know, and um, digital antenna. And... And I was watching on Comet, which is my favorite station. And um, Paranormal Activity 2 was just beginning. And so I watched it. And I, I, I think I've seen it one other time, like at my old house. But I don't, I don't really go to the movies a lot. And if I go, I would, probably wouldn't go to a scary movie. And, and, um, so anyways, I, I'm not sure if I had seen it before, but I wasn't familiar with it. We'll put it like that. Oh, it's listening to me. And so I watched it and it was incredible because of course this is, this is how, this is an example of how I couldn't have planned this. And then you don't think about a red dot when you're thinking about paranormal activity, too. But there's a red dot that's present in almost the entire film because it's a picture. It's like, you know, you know, it's from the perspective of the camera and there's multiple cameras in the film. So one, so they always are showing this red dot that's reflecting on a mirror or off the camera or something. It's just a part of the shot. It's a part of almost every single shot of the entire film. I fell asleep before the end. I just thought it was interesting because it's paranormal activity too. And what's funny is that the title Paranormal Activity 2. Like, like, of course, it meant 2 as in the sequel. But how it can be read through signs and medium way, or however is the weird, ironic way that I'm able to translate my existence, is that, um... It means, oh, and paranormal activity, too? 
Like, in addition, and in addition, we got paranormal activity too. So I thought that was just an interesting sign from the universe. And I really hope that I don't get in trouble for playing these episodes, but I'm going to play them anyway. On my podcast. So that you can experience what it's like with me.
Handle it how? We appoint two nature lovers to the court. Good little environmentalists who would kill Matisse in his oil field, etc. And you call Voiles into your office, and in the presence of the Attorney General, you demand an immediate investigation into Matisse. Ali copies the brief to every reporter in town, and then we hunker down and ride out the storm. But there has to be some way to keep this information from coming out. I'm working on it. What? How? Mr. President, you don't want to know. because you will not be able to pass on them. Um, so come soon. Now this is quite a bit before George Floyd happened. The tale really is sitting on a gate. See, that's very tempting, but you wind up on Smith and you can take the V or the F and switch for the N. Excuse me! Excuse me, it won't go! Come on! It's almost over! You know, he always ends up with the attendant hanging off that big pole, helping him steer it, you know? Stop crying. The helpless father and son team. This is another car just not going anywhere. They're never organized. Who's on the wheel? Who's pressing on the gas? They're just, oh, son, turn the wheel. <laughs> All right, Coney Island. Okay, you can take the B or the F and switch for the N at Broadway Lafayette. Or you can go over the bridge to Decal and catch the queue to Atlantic Avenue and then switch to the IRT, two, three, four, or five. But don't get on the G. See, that's very tempting, but you wind up on Smith and 9th Street, then you gotta get on the R. Couldn't you just take the D straight to Coney Island? Well, yeah. Okay. What time's your job interview, George? 9.45. Remember, don't whistle on the elevator. Why not? That's a Willie Loman told Biff for his interview in Death of a Salesman. What, you're comparing me to Biff Loman? Yeah. Very encouraging. The biggest loser in the history of American literature. Right, what time's the lesbian wedding? 9.30. Lesbian wedding? 
the bride and groom on that one. Did they flip a coin? What was that not politically correct? It's a, it's a legitimate question. I'm so tired. I'm fall asleep on that train. I always get the feeling when lesbians are looking at me, they're thinking, that's why I'm not a heterosexual. All right, Jerry, come on. Let's go pick up the check so we can go. Oh, I'm paying for breakfast? Yeah. 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 Why do I always pay? What am I made of money? You bunch of deadbeats. How many tickets you paying for that? Uh, let's see, speeding, running a red light, no license, no registration, no plates, no brake lights, no rearview mirror. Do No doors? Yeah, I'm fighting that. You know, this is going to cost me over 600 bucks. Oh, I, I can't uh, carry change in these pants, it falls out. Thank you. not blind. Uh, so can I convince anybody to come down to Coney Island with me? I gotta pick up my car at the pound. George? I can't believe they actually found your stolen car. Not only did they find it, it was Simonized and the front end was aligned. It's <laughs> amazing. So what do you say? Right in the cyclone. Hot dog and Nathan's on me. Who are you, Satan? I'm close to a job here. It's my second interview. All right, Biff. Show either. Motherfuckers. Anti-war demonstrators protest U.S. 
business involvement in the Vietnam War, in mass marches, rallies, and demonstrations. Reporting live from San Francisco, the self-proclaimed hippie capital of the world, where hundreds of thousands of youth have descended to join this growing youth movement. The words peace and love are used by them often. These kids call themselves hippies and represent a new form of rebellion against the status quo and the so-called materialism of their parents. Their message to the world, turn on, tune in, and drop out. want to celebrate, yeah, yeah, another day of living, yeah. television, then I, you know, practice my paddle ball, and then I, uh, you know, I ate some fuds and popcorn until I couldn't see straight, and then I, uh, you know, kind of experimented with some hairstyles, and it came to me right out of the blue. not involved yet, but I have friends. We, we can get you out of the city tonight. We can have you in Washington by tomorrow. I promise you'll personally meet Boyle, and we can go from there. At noon tomorrow, take the trolley to a place called Riverwalk. Riverwalk? Wear a long sleeve shirt and a red baseball cap. Wait on the Riverside of the bandstand, and I'll find you. The Riverside bandstand? Yes. Okay. How tall are you? 5'10". How much do you weigh? I weigh about 180, but I'm planning on losing it. Alright. Tell me where you want to meet. <clears throat> Tell me where you want to meet, and uh, within an hour I'll come and get you with three agents. Pelican from Animal Speak by Ted Andrews. I saw a pelican this morning flying alone over my house. It is unusual to see a pelican where I live, but I have seen them, um, large groupings of them before in where I, in this, in Nebraska. They must have been migrating somewhere. So, I saw one this morning, so this is the reading. It's March 4th, 2023, 4.07 p.m. 
Pelican. Keynote. Renewed buoyancy and unselfishness. Cycle of power year-round. There are two species of pelican in the United States, the white and the brown. Both have recognizable pouch and long bill. Contrary to what many believe, and as is often depicted in cartoons, they use this to scoop fish and not store them. Some reflection on that may reveal some insight into your own personal activities. Are you trying to store what shouldn't be stored? Are you not using or digesting what you have? Both types of pelicans embody the keynote, along with other aspects that were once considered very magical and powerful. An old story tells of how the pelican wounded its own breast and fed its young on the blood. This explains that the image of self-sacrifice often associated with it and has come to be a very Christian correspondence. The brown pelican often nests in bushes, mangrove thickets. By avoiding nesting competition with their neighbors, pelicans make room for more of their kind. Again, this reflects a kind of unselfishness. This is further reinforced by the fact that they will often employ teamwork in fishing. This is especially true of the white pelican. The groups descend and drive the fish into shallow areas. Despite their size, they are very light and buoyant. They can float like a schooner. The brown pelican is often observed flying solo, then suddenly plummeting into the water. It then pops up to the surface. It has this ability because of a system of air sacs under the skin that make it unsinkable. Symbolically, this hints at being able to be buoyant and to rest on top in spite of the heaviness of life circumstances. The pelican teaches that no matter how difficult life becomes, no matter how much you plunge, you can pop to the surface. The pelican holds the knowledge of how to rise above life's trials. This same idea is hinted at in regard to an old belief that pelicans once lived on the desert in which they fed upon serpents. Pelicans, in spite of their lightness, sometimes have a difficult time taking off from the water. Still, they do manage. And again, we can see the correspondence to freeing oneself from that which would weigh you down. The water is a symbol of emotions, and emotions often weigh us down. The pelican teaches how not to be overcome by them. Could you listen up? Yes. 
Thank you. Why did Nick Poulter was so convinced you were in Clifford's car? I don't know. You know, if I'm going to be attorney, you have to trust me. I don't trust you, Reggie. I want you to leave. And if you need confirmation for your story, I'm on my own. What's changed your mind? I want you to reach 25. going to do this special podcast today and um <laughs> I'm so shy I never really talk to anybody and so I'll tell you how I do my life when I try to do God's work is that I just don't even pay attention to what I'm doing at all and I drive until I can't anymore and then I just end up where I'm supposed to be and- no gas I'm stuck on the side of the road in Las, well, outside of Las Vegas, New Mexico. And a schedule to be finished. So why do you think Fulton said? Maybe that taxi driver. This thing. <laughs> ah. 
What's that red dot on your sweater?